This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Have drone, must rescue. That's the mission for our special guest today. He travels the world to help dogs, cats, and yes, all kinds of wildlife who may be stranded, injured, hungry. He's a renowned environmentalist, a very, very active animal advocate, and a quite talented aerial photographer. Oh, yeah, he's also the host of a must-see rescue docu-series called Dog to the Rescue! I don't want to say it. I feel like I have to put like a Superman cape on. Dog to the Rescue! Hey, everybody, please give pause and applause to Doug Throne. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thank you for having me on. Don't you want to sing Superman? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. Hey, Pet Pals, Doug is saving animals by using special drones and other special skills. And we're going to discover just how he does it all after we take this commercial break. So you know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here to talk about the importance of keeping your cats and dogs hydrated. Yes, clean water is great, but not all pets, especially cats, will lap up enough water every day from the bowl. Or maybe your dog is thirsty after a long walk. That's why I'm a big fan of two new isotonic drinks called Kitty Raid and Doggy Raid. And there is a great meal topper to enhance kibble called Yummy Raid. They all contain electrolytes and amino acids plus prebiotics. And they're all veterinary approved. Nice, right? Now, my furry Brady Bunch love them. Find out where you can get your paws on these healthy, hydrating drinks and gravy-like meal topper by visiting DoggyRaid.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E.com. Drink up, pets. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is doing all he can to rescue pets all over the globe. And that means he's helping pets in the Dominican Republic. He's been there for hyenas, foxes, bats. Oh my, so many more. And he also hosts, and I want you to check this out. It's an animal rescue docuseries on Curiosity Stream. It's called Doug to the Rescue. 
And the good news, it just unleashed season two. I am so, so happy to have you on the show, Doug. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me here. So this dude, I don't even know, sometimes he probably wakes up going, where am I, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I felt like that for two days now because I just, it was a 25-hour bus trip that I took across to get out of Ukraine into Poland and then a 12-hour flight from Warsaw to Miami and then landed in the course there was a whatever, I can't even remember how many hour, hour change difference. And yeah, so then to try and make myself sleepy, I jogged five miles and rode a bike 10 miles and was still only able to sleep four miles. So then I was just extra exhausted. So my head, it sounds like my head's spinning. It's probably because it is still. Oh, well, I just, I'm glad you know your name at this point after everything you've done. So we're going to dive in a little bit about the Ukraine in a second, but I want to give people a better understanding of your special uh, superpower, and that is using this infrared drone. Explain that, because it's one thing for some of us looking for pets that are lost, you know, and you're, you're looking on ground level on the land, but it's another skill set to be able to operate a drone day or night, right? Yeah, it's definitely not to toot my own horn, but the drone that I use is about three and a half feet across. Uh, it's with all the cameras and everything. It's probably about the same price as a used Cessna airplane. It runs about $45,000. And what I basically do is it has an infrared camera. So I fly at night and with the infrared camera, I can see the body heat signatures of the animals. And then I flick on a spotlight onto the animal and then I see if it's an animal that needs rescuing, whether it's injured or whether it's a missing pet. And then I mark the GPS coordinates and I I also have a 180 times zoom lens, which I can switch on, zoom right into the animal. I can literally count the whiskers on the side of a, whether it be a cat or a koala or, you know, I can basically see its condition because in the case of wild animals, of course, you don't want to just go wrangling them and taking them out of their habitat if they don't need to be rescued, but with like cats and dogs. The stats you just unleashed are pretty incredible. 180 time zoom lens. You just flip on your spotlight. The whole drone is more than my car and my spouse's car combined. So, oh, um, yeah, it's yeah. way more than my car, too. <laughs> Mine kept getting stolen in California, so I moved to Florida. I was like, all right, I'm done with the state. But yeah, extremely expensive, actually. So, how did you get to here? I mean, were you in high school saying, ah, I don't know, I don't think I really want to coach football? Really not into, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe, you know, working as a barista. I think I'm going to be an environmentalist, an animal advocate, and yes, uh, high tech, especially drone photographer i mean what when did the light bulb come on for all this um when i was a little kid i wanted ever since the age of four i wanted to be a wildlife cinematographer when i'd watch oh. um mutual what was it wild kingdom oh yeah and, and mutual, uh, was it john wasn't yeah. it um perkins was there an, there was an old man yeah. named perkins and yeah. then yep. yeah okay wow. so i would watch that and then i wanted to be uh a basically a wildlife cinematographer and i moved to california from texas go to school to study to become a wildlife cinematographer and when i first got to california in the early 90s they were still logging the ancient redwoods like crazy so um i started to go to school and then got deeply involved in showing the beauty as well as the destruction of the ancient redwoods and that went on for about 10 years i ended up doing about 400 presentations in front of 40,000 people i think it was and um showing the beauty of the forest as well as its destruction and eventually a good portion of the redwoods got protected 
but that's Finally. how I kind of got involved. But yeah, my initial thought was I just wanted to be out in the woods like Grizzly Adams or something living with the animals. But then I realized that if I was living out in the woods and I wasn't trying to fight for them, there wouldn't be any woods. And eventually the bulldozers and chainsaws would find me and the animals and neither one of us would have a home. So my start was pretty much an environmental activism for about 20 years. I was just working as a cinematographer and I was filming a guy rescuing cats after the big Santa Rosa fires about five years ago. And uh, then it dawned on me, like most people, it was just like, oh, what actually, you know, who actually rescues these animals when a big disaster hits? And I realized that there wasn't, there wasn't that many people doing it and that I could help with my putting an infrared camera on the drone. I could help work with these rescue groups and save a lot more. I just don't know why that hasn't been thought of before. I mean, to me, having an infrared drone with the spotlight yeah. and the 180 times lens, you really can cover a lot of ground quickly and help an animal faster than a search team on foot. Yeah, it doesn't replace the search teams. What no. it does is just works with them and then they're able to save Oops, we can all work together and save so many more animals. But yeah, it's surprising that it's I'm still pretty much the only one that does this sort of thing. But it's one of those things where somebody was asking, and at one point I thought about, oh, I can train other people. and yeah. But it's kind of flying these big infrared drones is there's not many people. There's probably only a handful of people in the world that could do it because you have to fly in and out of the tree canopies and in, in and out of power lines um, and you know the drone sees just straight ahead so you have to like a horse with blinders you have to be looking to the left to the right memorize what the terrain is and then drop in and out of canopies then go backwards the way you came without being able to see and not it's like a helicopter you know, yeah and if you hit uh, anything with one of those propellers it drops to the ground and you're out for 45 grand so there's not really many people that could do it. And the ones that can do it typically are doing like what I used to do and shoot for Hollywood shows like Nat Geo and Discovery and get paid a bunch of money. So this is like an extreme pay degrade or whatever when you go yeah. to save animals or whatever when you're basically doing it for pennies compared to what you would make it for Hollywood. So there's just not many people that could do it. What you're doing is priceless. And I don't mean that in a flippant yeah. way because you are saving you. lives. You mentioned that, uh, you know, you just got back from Ukraine and uh, yep. you're living proof that real men love cats. So yep. oh, yeah. tell us what was happening there and what's the latest update because you were saving pets that were left behind due to the war. Yeah, it was pretty unbelievable. I mean, we got countless animals saved. I'm going back out there in a few more weeks, but basically it was Ryan O'Krant and I formed a group called the CERT Drone Animal Rescue, and he's an expert animal rescuer, and the two of us went out there. And by using the drone, we were able to find where the animals were, and we would either hand catch them or else set up traps for the different animals. How hard was it to get into Ukraine? And that's damn dangerous now. It was surprisingly easy to get in. I probably thought, you know, nobody's crazy enough to try to get in. So, um, no. Were you going to vacation? <laughs> Who are these <laughs> yeah. two? Yeah. So, yeah, it was easy to get in. I thought it might be you might have to have something special or something like that. But it was a little tricky getting the drone permits. We had to hire different people in the military. And then we had military people guarding us while we were doing the rescues. And when we go on the buildings, you know, when we first, one of the first rescues literally was just like throwing us into the pits of the fire was a giant apartment complex. It was like eight stories tall. And the whole middle of it had been blown out about a month earlier with a giant bomb that was dropped. 
Oh, and we found a mother cat and four kittens eight stories up in the building. And, you know, one of the guys was like, hey, when you're going up these stairs, watch out because they may collapse. And then they're like, well, watch out because, you know, the Russians will put strings tied to grenades oh, geez. across the staircases and stuff like that. So if you step on one, you know, it'll blow you up and everyone else around you. So, and then we're wearing these big, heavy bulletproof vests and crunching on the glass and every, it was, yeah, it was pretty surreal. I was like, how did I end up here all of a sudden? thought I was supposed to be enjoying relaxing on the beaches of Miami this summer. But How was the mama cat to you? Did she sense you were there to help? Yeah, well, she at first was skittish and took off. So we set a hand, set a trap, a live trap for her. We caught the mama, and then there was one little kitten because we only saw the mother one. And I'm trying to remember, I think we saw, I think we saw the mother one, and that was it. And then a mother and a kitten, and then so we set the trap. We caught the mother. The little kitten was so lightweight that it wouldn't set off the trap, and the little kitten was sitting on top of the trap. Oh, and, oh, um, the humane cat trap. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had that problem of being too lightweight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And um, so then I saw the little kitten and then carefully went up to it and keep in mind, everything had burned in this on the eighth floor and there's glass and ash everywhere. And then of course, I'm still trying to keep in the back of my mind that, okay, if I'm running after this little kitten, I may have one shot to get it before it goes hiding somewhere or falls somewhere. So I'm running after the little kitten as it's bounding through all the ashes. And thankfully I was able to catch it. And um, then we set up camera stations around in the general area to see if there were any other kittens and we saw that there were kittens around so ryan and i put out food trays and fed the kittens for a couple days then pulled the food and then we had to rig up a trap where we were basically it was going to be manually uh, set because the kittens were too lightweight to set off the trap on the, the food plate or whatever the tray so yeah it was quite a process to get these cats but we were able to get all four kittens and the mama cat. And actually yesterday we just learned through posting it all over on Facebook. Yeah, it was pretty sad that the family that lived there, the mom, dad, and the son had died in the explosion. Oh and the gosh. cats were the only thing left. And the sister recognized the cat right away, the mama cat, and actually showed us posts on Instagram of the guy that passed away and him saying, oh, this is my beloved such and such cat. And it was definitely the cat that spot on with its markings and everything. And the sister, I was actually going to adopt the mother cat and one of the kittens. And the sister asked if she could have the cat. And of course, I was like, well, yeah, definitely. Obviously, you can have the cat and the kitten. So she's going to adopt. That's all she has left of her brother, the wife, and the son is this mama cat and the four kittens. I think you mentioned before we went on the air, you wanted to share this because it was both yeah. heartbreaking and heartwarming. And I don't yeah. think you always get a, an opportunity at times to figure out what the ending is, but I wish that sister much, many hugs. And I'm so glad yeah. through social media that she spotted the mama cat. Yeah, the mama cat was like a special, like it's interesting because without handling these cats and being around them, you'd be like, what is this guy, a kook thinking that these cats are extra special or something? But they're like these angelic cats where we had several different three, four, five, six cats at the hotel at any given point, And they're the sweetest cats. I don't know. There's something special, you know, like normally you run across 10 cats and there might be one that's extra 
sweet yeah. and loving, yeah. but all these cats would just come together. And it was as if they knew they were being rescued and they're, you know, they're not trying to dart out of the hotel room. They're not clawing at you. They're not biting at you. And they're all like just these sweet ragdoll type cats or something where they're like these Ukrainian cats are the sweetest cats I've ever run across. And everybody that comes across them is just like, how are these cats so mild mannered and sweet after all they've been through? Wow, and this, the mama incredible. cat was like that. The kittens were like that. So if you get a chance to adopt a Ukrainian cat, I highly recommend it. They're incredible cats. Hey, everybody. We're talking to Doug Throne. He's the host of a show on uh, Curiosity Stream. It's called Doug to the Rescue. And we're going to plunge into other adventures with him and his drone and his talents after we take this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Is your dog or cat prone to ear infections? Does your pet resist having his ears cleaned when they're inflamed or irritated? Are you also concerned about the overuse of antibiotics? Help is here. Zymox ear care products offer soothing relief. And hey, you're going to love this part. They don't require the ear to be cleaned before you apply the drops. It's as easy as fill, rub, and done. That means less touching of those sensitive ears to help create a soothing, fear-free experience. Apply just once a day. Zymox gets its effectiveness from enzymes, not antibiotics. That means no side effects and no antibiotic resistance. You can find these veterinary recommended products at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty retailers, and online. And here's a real treat. Yeah, I did say the word treat. Save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine product on Zymox.com. Just use the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. To learn more, visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. Pause up. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Hi there, I'm Kate Walton. I hope you're going to tune in and listen to Opie Hayes on Pet Life Radio with Arden Moore because she's a delight. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Opie Hayes. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am jazzed. Why? Because we have a superhero in the house, and his name is Doug Throne. I want you after the show to go to douglasthrone.com. That's D-O-U-G-L-A-S-T-H-R-O-N.com. And also check out uh, Curiosity Stream. So, Doug, you're in season two of Doug to the Rescue, and we want to tease people a little bit because I've watched a few of the episodes, and uh, they're very good, and you're on a great mission. So can you kind of give us a little flavor for, I think you've been to, let's see, Dominican Republic, East Africa, Malawi, then parts of the United States, 
I know you don't know where you are right now because you're a little bit logged in the head <laughs> yeah. from all the travel, but what do you think? I mean, you are going all over the world and tell us what people can expect in season two. Yeah, season two, we did a number of different things. It wasn't just rescues from hurricanes and fires. We did like in Dominican Republic, we did rescues of dozens of dogs that were being dumped in these garbage dumps. And I was flying the drone over and we were able to find we actually rescued a mother dog that then gave birth to nine puppies the following morning, and she was trapped under crates in a giant municipal dump. In Africa, we were tracking hyenas with drones to show that they were using this wildlife corridor between one village and another part of the big city so that we can get these river corridors protected so that they'll have the corridor to travel and hunt. They were radio tagging the hyenas and in a better effort to understand them. Yeah, when I think of a hyena, I, I, I think he's like a scrawny dog, like the size of like a coyote, but you got to be yeah. upfront and personal. What's a hyena really built like? Yeah, a hyena is like a, like, I mean, they're like a picture of the buffest pit bull times seven or eight or something. Like they Holy are sir. massive in size. Yeah, yeah. Holy they're sir. really big. Like they're much, much bigger. Like they're haunches. They're kind of built like a grizzly bear or something. Like wow. they're, they're very big. They're a lot bigger than I thought they would be. And they're beefier. Like they, you know, they might say the lion's the king of the jungle, but I would dare say um, a hyena might actually could probably take on a lion by the looks of these ones. Yeah, they were impressive. You go to Malawi and you get batty. What's going yeah, on there? Yeah, we were tracking fruit bats. Uh, these bats make a journey of thousands and thousands of miles across the continent of Africa. And in the meanwhile, of course, they're pollinating all the fruit and, you know, a key part of the ecosystem. And what we were doing was using the drone to help find where the roosting trees were because we could find the body heat of the bats. So we were working with the scientists and these bats would historically use all these different trees and stuff like that. But we wanted to make sure that we would have the locals work with the scientists and make sure not to cut down these really important feeding and roosting trees that the bats would colonize in. That's cool. Uh, let's go back to the United States. This is kind of your bread and butter is to help in natural disasters. So the Dixie fire happened and you were there to help pets, but also what, some foxes, wildlife? Yeah, we were rescued fox out there. There was multiple foxes that had gotten badly burned during the fires and we were able to rescue them. And there was, we took them to a vet, veterinary place in Davis where they were using these new techniques to basically heal their wounds with, they would put honey on the wounds and then wow. um, different wraps that they gauze, they would put around the fox's burnt paws and then um, rehabilitate the foxes and then let them go. Is this UC Davis or is this a veterinary yes. clinic in Davis? Oh, yeah, so it was UC Davis. And that's a big, big veterinary school. Very, very well renowned. Yeah, they do amazing work there um, taking care of these animals. And then uh, you're going to Kentucky because uh, Mother Nature had another attitude and had a big tornado, right? Yeah, they had a massive tornado with wind speeds close to 200 miles per hour. And we were able to rescue probably close to 40 cats and dogs using the infrared drone. And yeah, it was extremely successful in that area. I mean, there were so many animals that we were rescuing that it was like we were rescuing as many as we could put traps out. You know, we put out six traps and then we'd go back in a half hour, hour, and then we'd have six cats. So yeah, it was uh So how would you successful. compare the terrain, devastated terrain in Kentucky 
to what you also experience in Ukraine. One is man-made, one's nature-made. Yeah, the one, they looked pretty, well, the tornadoes and the big hurricanes looked pretty similar when they hit the Category 5 hurricanes. But the Ukraine looked similar to a hurricane, tornado, and then a fire all combined. Wow. And the fact that then it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an avoidable, you know, the, the natural disasters happen, but the, and, you know, they can be somewhat avoidable, obviously, by trying to mitigate climate change and protecting our forest. But the, you know, in Ukraine, it's completely avoidable because it's basically multiple politicians flexing their muscles and doing whatever, and the people and the animals are suffering in the middle of it. So when there is a natural disaster or something, what some tips that you might be able to pass on to others where they get separated by their pets because of a tornado, a fire? What, you know, what are some things that people on the ground can do to maybe find them and help them? Yeah, I mean, typically one of the best things you can do if the pet is missing after a natural disaster is by setting up a trap, putting in articles of clothing of your own inside the trap and put the animal's favorite food, foods that are stinky, like yeah, you sardines. Know, rotisserie chicken and sardines and things <laughs> like that. You can put up a camera station and kind of get an idea if the animal is passing through. Obviously, people can contact myself. My Instagram is the easiest. Right, yeah, go ahead Strong. and do your Instagram. Slow and steady, Doug. Yeah, it's Douglas, D-O-U-G-L-A-S, and then Thrawn, which is Tango, Hotel, Romeo, Oscar, November. And um, yeah, by going there, you can message me there. And it has my phone number there as well. Sometimes the Instagram is weird because a new message will get mixed in with messages right. that are weeks old or whatever. So phone or email is always best for me. But yeah, by setting up a trap with their articles of clothing and an animal's food, that's like the best method. And and then also don't give up hope because a lot of times these cats, cats in particular, you know, there'll be cases where cats show up eight months later and they're like, you know, looking around and be like, hey, where you guys been or whatever? And the whole house is burned down, the whole neighborhood's burned down and the cats basically got a little bit of singed whiskers and beyond that, the cat's fine. So that's amazing. You know, um, these animals, it's, you know, this mother cat in Ukraine, the mother cat and the four kittens survived. And it was only because of the fact that I think, and the trippy part is she was up stuck up in this building, eight stories up, and we were finding pigeon wings. So she literally survived off of pigeons that were now able to get into the building because there were no windows, of course, and somehow fed and nursed her kittens. And the only way she survived and the people and all the other animals didn't was, I think, where we were seeing the little kittens run underneath the whatever it was, refrigerator, dishwasher, whatever sort of stuff in the kitchen. So we were figuring probably what happened is the bomb got dropped, killed everything, and she happened to be nursing the kittens wedged way up underneath the oh my gosh the sink, dishwasher, whatever stuff in the kitchen. And because it was like a flash, it wasn't like a regular, like these California flyers where you see everything burn. It was like that you could see that just extreme heat, thousands of degrees flashed through and just torched everything. And she happened to be, you know, three and a half feet or something away from where that extreme heat came, probably nursing the kittens and then came popping out 10 minutes later or whatever. And, and mama cat and the kittens were fine. That's amazing. And everything else was gone. What's a lesson that a dog, a cat, a hyena, a bat, a fox, what do they teach you to make you a better human, Doug? Patience, unconditional love, you know, enjoying the moment, 
Those yeah, they're very loving, forgiving animals. You know, they can be through the worst. I've used the drone um, after hurricanes and stuff in places like Louisiana and found dogs, multiple ones, chained up to cars and left for dead. And um, at first, they're kind of snarling and barking at you or whatever. And they're, you know, obviously kind of semi delusional and everything else from going through something like that and then being starving and thirsty. But in a matter of minutes later, you unchain them and stuff like that. And the next thing you know, they're licking you, jumping all over you and wagging their tail. And I'm like, wow, a human wouldn't be that forgiving yeah. that quick. Not that I'm the one that did it, obviously. Right. But well, still, they know was, you didn't um, do it. Yeah. But they're just the sweetest things. Um, so they de- I sometimes think cats and dogs and animals are more evolved souls and humans are just getting started half the time, I think. I think uh, every day I learn something good from my furry Brady Bunch. I can tell you that, Doug. I am so happy you've gotten to be on the show. I hope if you ever come back to Texas, I'm in Dallas. I would love oh, to, cool. to meet you and yeah, uh, and celebrate definitely. what you do. And everybody, I want you to check out Doug to the Rescue. It is airing season two on Curiosity Stream. And please go to, he's got his IG account. It's Douglas Throne. And also DouglasThrone.com is his website. So he's the man who's there in a time of need. And I'm just really honored to have you on on the show, Doug. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to me again. And everybody, I want to do a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound and the executive producer of Pet Life Radio, the largest radio network for pets on the planet. And you want to check me out? Just go to ArdenMoore.com. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.